0: Welcome to today's energy show. It's my pleasure to introduce Tom Sparling with CalPAC Roofing. They're based in Campbell, and they specialize in stone-coated steel roofing systems. And we get a lot of inquiries at Cinnamon Solar about people who want to put solar panels on old shake roofs or on metal roofs. And whenever this comes up, Tom's the guy we go to for these jobs. So welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you, Barry. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you inviting me. All right, great, great. It should be,
1: it should be a good show. So uh, first, tell us a little bit about what you do at CalPAC Roofing. Well, over the last 30-plus uh, years, we've installed thousands of uh, stone-coated metal roofs. That's just what we specialize in doing. We really don't do any t- other types of roofs. We've done a few composition roofs through the years, but they just don't last that well. So we just stick with something that's uh, tried and true and gives us great results, and uh, we've had a great success through the years.
0: Good, good. And you know, the first time I came across these roofs was like, I think back in 2001, and we were doing installations, and the customer said, we have a stone-coated metal roof. And I'm thinking, what, well, did somebody spray gravel on top of some tin on a roof? But So so then we learned about it. It made sense. But if you could explain in detail what a stone-coated metal roof is and how it works.
1: Well, it starts with uh, 26-gauge Galvalume steel, and they uh, bond a natural color rock on the surface. It's laid in with acrylics and then baked on, so it wears just like like stone on the outside. Uh, We've been installing them, like I said, over 30 years, and the stone is still intact on almost all the roofs we've done. We're getting on these jobs and putting on solar, um, and they almost look brand new. So, and then,
0: what, what is it a smooth surface? Are they kind of undulating like a barrel? Are they shake-like? Are there different kinds of tiles?
1: Well, we have both a, a regular Roman tile look as well as a shake look, which is real popular here with so many shake roofs still out there. People want to keep that look but get away from the fire hazard of shake, of course, being that it's combustible. Mm-hmm.
0: That's amazing to me that that they still allow shake roofs here in California in, in fire areas. And then I, you know, I'm up on these roofs, and you step on them, and they're like brittle, like potato chips. But then they're supposedly fire resistant. Are the, are these shake roofs really fire resistant, or what happens over the years?
1: Well, it does. The fire treatment process actually breaks down the wood fiber, so they have a pretty short life. And of course, it does wash out with the rains and. Uh, usually that's when I get interviewed on television is after a big fire where they wonder you know, when they're going to ban shakes. But now it is a Class B requirement in the state, so it must be fire treated, and the cost is pretty high for, to go back to a shake roof again. So and explain what a Class B roof is. Well, that means it has to withstand embers on the roof for, for a certain amount of time. Uh, normally like a 20-minute burn enough for, say, a fire department to get out there and put the fire out on the roof versus it burning through and catching the whole structure on fire. Right, right.
0: right. I remember, like, I don't know, my maybe about 10 or 12 years ago, there was a fire um, when they were building Santana Row and some embers went up and some neighborhood houses
1: burned down, and I think they had that kind of roof. Right, right. They, um, uh, the embers get on the roof, and pretty soon it— uh, catches the whole building on fire, and then goes to the next one and the next one, and they end up you know, having to fight the fires around it versus the actual structure itself.
0: Yeah. Well, we're digressing a little bit, but I'm just very curious about this fire treatment. So you say that um, the, the fire treatment lasts for a while, but then the rain wears it away.
1: So h- how long will it really remain fireproof well, in, it's in the kinda, real world? Since it is a pressure-treated wood, it's going to have some life to it there. It's just that obviously it's still a wood product, and um, when it does catch fire, it's still going to go up, and, and you're going to have problems with it.
0: Yeah, so it's just a matter of does it burn really fast or does it burn slow, but it's still going to burn one way or the other. That's right. Yeah.
1: Okay, so when, when
0: we're up on these roofs doing solar, um, so sometimes, or a lot of times, underneath the stone metal... There's shake. What's what's that all about? Explain why there's kind of
1: two roofs up there. Well, originally we came over, and since the steel's only one and a half pounds a square foot, it's very lightweight, and so we had we built a framing system un, to go on top of the shakes, which created an airspace in there, which gives you great insulation. Uh, we can also lay insulation in there, so the home's a lot cooler in the summertime and warmer in the winter time, of course. But the The life of it is very long, and so they open up the roof. Here's a shake roof underneath, and people have confusion of why it is, but we still do it that way. People that request it uh, had one before, and they enjoyed the insulation of having that shake roof underneath there. And, of course, shake being uh, made of cedar has a very long life Mm -hmm. uh, as far as impervious to termites and um, uh, other types of, uh, you know, insects that can get in there and it just ceases to age and so it's kind of the same state it was when we covered up 25 years ago.
0: So so people who have an old shake roof and they're looking at re-roofing, their options are take all the shake off and then put new sheathing down because sometimes it's not even up there and then put comp shingle on or as an alternative they can put the stone-coated metal roof right over the existing shake and they don't have to remove the shake.
1: That's exactly right and we can either go over the old roof with our framing system, or we nowadays we do tear off a lot of them just because of the um, competition more than anything else where they say, oh, you got to get rid of that old roof. But uh, really it's a savings to leave it up there. But we, now we take off the old roof, we uh, fill in the skip sheeting where we need to, we lay down paper, and then we actually screw down the new material into the solid deck up there.
0: Okay, cool. And, and you mentioned a little bit about how lightweight the, the tiles are, a pound and a half a square foot. That's, that's not going to make any difference at all on the structural integrity of the building.
1: Oh, no. You know, even when we roof over on a wet day, your house will actually have less weight because the steel doesn't absorb water, whereas the shakes are going to get two or three times their weight. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Now, we
0: also have the weight issue with with solar, and solar panels are two and a half pounds a square foot, and and any kind of house that's been built that I've seen here uh, pretty much all over over the country that's built after World War II is definitely going to be able to support that. It's just like the really, really old houses where you may have to make sure that you've got enough strength under that.
1: Right. You know, looking out for those two by four rafters and Of course, if you do have multiple layers up there, you need to get those off there so that you can keep the weight down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about solar. What's the best way? And we're we're going to talk about solar in in two kinds of solar. We're going to talk about solar thermal, the big, heavy, you know, 4 by 8 solar thermal panels for heating water. And we'll also talk
1: about photovoltaic.
0: So what's the best way to attach solar panels to one of these rooftops?
1: Uh, What we normally do is meet the solar contractor out there. In fact, I have my solar license as well just because of having to deal with it so much nowadays being the popularity of solar is just growing and growing. And so uh, we meet the solar contractor out there. We... Uh, take up the towels where they need to, uh, us to do that. They lay in their standoffs into the rafters, uh, either through the shakes and down into the rafter itself, or um, if they have a comp roof, they just go right down in the rafters. Um, then we put an underpan down, the flashing itself, and then a towel over the top of it, so actually create three layers of waterproof uh, for your house so that you don't have to worry about uh, leaks, which is obviously a penetration being the biggest problem with any type of roof.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so the trick is you've got those flashings, and so if any water does leak down around that standoff, it's caught by the flashing, and then the flashing redirects it underneath the the
1: shingle that it's above, Right, right. It always flows down. And plus we have three layers of steel or three layers of metal, so it's even more waterproof than any other type of flashing. Right,
0: right. And then you talked about the standoffs. Are these any kind of special standoffs? And just so people understand, standoffs are these vertical cylinders. They're usually made out of stainless steel or aluminum that that go attaching to the roof underneath through into a rafter. And then they, they're... Three to I've seen them as high as eleven or twelve inches high. That get up as high as you need so that you can extend above the roof surface. But um, how do you how do you um, install the standoff around the tile? Do you drill a hole through the tile, or is that uh, do you do you
1: cut a cone or a a crescent around the tile? Well, really, we just take out, out the whole tile so that and nowadays since we screw the tiles in when we put them back together it's very easy to remove them if there is a situation but uh normally we remove the whole tile so you have good access you can get right down into the rafter and then uh like i said use the underpan then put the, the flashing then a towel right back on top of it so then you can mount your rails and away you go with your panels and your conduit and
0: okay good mount and, your system all right and then um in in Instead of these standoffs, which are strong vertical columns of steel or aluminum, sometimes I've seen these things called tile hooks, which are kind of S-shaped, bent, usually made of steel, sometimes aluminum hooks that go
1: around the tile. Do you use those or recommend those? We do. We do, and those are very popular. In fact, uh, they're called uh, they're called Aussie brackets or J brackets, and they uh, go underneath the tile, uh, lag down again into the rafter, the batten underneath it, then go extend over the top of the tile uh, below it and then out. So there is actually no penetration through the metal at all.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, are those
1: strong enough to support the solar panels? They are. They are. Some cities do require a, uh, some extra engineering on it. So the standard standoff is kind of a no-brainer, whereas a S-bracket or J-brackets or Aussie brackets, sometimes the city wants to look at it a little harder. But I'm having any trouble with them at all. I mean, they're very strong, and, and we've been installing it that way for a long time. We use them a lot for solar, solar especially. thermal. Yes, or solar pool systems, especially. Right, right, right.
0: And so that that's one of the things that when we, when my old company, Akina Solar, we first started looking at these S brackets, they were fairly thin steel, and they would flex. So if you put um, a solar pool system on there, it could support that. Or or even a solar thermal system, it's just like really heavy. It was never going to pull up. But when we started looking at PV, the the upforce from wind is is really high. So luckily the industry started to to, uh, produce these s brackets that are made out of heavier steel so even if you kind of jump up and down on them they don't flex very much and that's kind of a change and yeah i, I kind of i i'm with you i i like those for certain situations just because you don't have to cut such a big hole inside that that tile Um and and how do you get that S around the, the the stone tile? Do you have to notch out a little bit at the bottom of the tile?
1: You know, when they've gone to the thicker ones, we do, where we are notching the bottom tile, but still the upper tile fits over the top of it. And there can be a be a little raise there, but, again, it's underneath the solar system, and you're not really going to see it in most cases. Right, right, yeah.
0: Yeah, to, to good, good choices and good alternatives for ways to attach these solar panels, just as long as you do it in a way that, you know, my, my two criteria are... Is it going to make sure that it never leaks, and you have to make sure that it's going to be strong enough to to handle both the dead load, the weight of the panel, and with solar thermal systems, you've got a lot of weight, and then it also has to be able to resist the up force of the wind coming over and actually trying to lift those panels up, and and in many cases, that up force can be higher than the down force. You bet. So what 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 have you been seeing as far as solar installations in Silicon Valley over the past dozen years or so?
1: Well, like I said, I um, we were just getting more and more calls to put them on our old roofs. And uh, so I finally just went back and got my solar license. I'm having a B license and a C-39 already, the C-46. Uh, I was able to uh, get that license as well just because I want to be as informed as I can for the homeowners to explain their options. Uh, and as well as work with the solar contractors to tell them what they need to do and how they need to do it. And mm-hmm. uh, more and more solar contractors are dealing with the Melrose out there. We have thousands of jobs, and so they're good customers for this type of uh, roof. They normally stay in their house longer because they've bought a more expensive roof. So they're great customers for the solar, and we're just, you know, I almost have a man that does it you know, for me regularly.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you know, and I, I don't remember his name, but I've seen him on a bunch of the jobs that we work with you on, and he's been there for like twenty years or so. Brian's just, <laughs> been there for twenty
1: five years, and he's expert at putting in standoffs and flashings and getting ready for you guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, that 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 really helps, and it's always a little bit tricky to coordinate because there's there's a. Um, a the, the, the solar contractor, and then you have a roofing contractor, and it's a, a little bit of a dance, but it's always been a pleasure to work with, with CalPAC because it's worked out pretty smoothly for us. It doesn't really delay the job at all, and uh, we can still get the system installed pretty quickly. Thank which, you. Which, which makes a big difference because um, uh, I, I've noticed a distinct improvement, especially at, you know a lot of the cities around here in Silicon Valley. San Jose is one of the best examples of, of how easy they make it to install solar, how, how fast the permitting process can be. And then it used to be the biggest delay was getting the incentive. Now we don't even bother with the incentive. It's, it's kind of gone. The, the 30% investment tax credit's still there, but that's just an automatic form you fill out with your taxes. And um, the last surprise, and, and I'm just kind of knocking on wood, or, or for Mike as the case may be, to, to hope that it keeps going, is pg and has gotten really fast as far as turnarounds. We had one a couple of weeks ago. We sent it in by, by registered mail, and within eight days, we were interconnected. And when we kind of looked at the data um, in, you know, from PG&E, they had turned it around in two days internally, which is really good.
1: It's got to so- be the new record.
0: Well, I, I, you know, it's there, there's some places where it's automatic, but that used to be a process that would take months and months and months, and now, you know, it's a it's a few weeks, and um, hopefully they don't screw it up. Yes, keep it going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's not broken, don't fix it.
1: The permits are cheaper too.
0: Yeah, some cities don't even require um, payment for permits. Uh, Hillsborough, uh, you know, zero for solar. S- San Jose is three hundred and nine dollars and sixty cents, which you know, you look at the work that the the city does for the permit, they they should be compensated for it. There's there's a little bit of an approval process, although San Jose's approval is automatic, but they send out an inspector who is is in almost every case I, I, I recall very skilled and looking for the right safety thing. So they're doing work. They're out there on the job for you know for an hour or two making sure that the system that's done by the contractor is really to code. Right. That's good. Now, one of the interesting things is the inspectors almost never look at the roof attachments. They, they don't really care too much about the leaks or how it's lagged down. They're really concerned about making sure the wiring's safe and the grounding's fine. Electrical. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure what you know if, if it'd be good to have them to start looking at all the roof attachments um, or if they just had some guidelines. But generally, they don't require flashings, which to me is a little bit crazy. I don't know. There's some pretty good female
1: inspectors out there that check everything on all the jobs.
0: Which, which, well, there's there's Rhonda in Palo Alto, um, but uh, that's she, she was a little bit too uh, careful on, yeah. on the, the review. Yeah, you know, the inspectors are, um, you know, generally I've, I've had a very, very good experience with them, and, and um, I, I always look at it as a learning experience for installation crews to make sure that they're actually doing the things the right way. Absolutely. And, and one of the challenges is the rules change. So just in 2014... We've had two big changes here in California. One, Tom, you might know about it, is that there's a new fire setback requirement, which throws a monkey wrench into all the jobs, because we have to be three feet away from the ridge line and the perimeter of the roof so that firefighters can go and invent a roof. So that takes away a lot of real estate, and it's sometimes kind of confusing. And then the other one, which is really tricky, it hasn't kicked in officially yet, is that there's a, um, a requirement that the roof, if it's a Class A roof, the system has to be rated as Class A. So solar panels now have to all get re-rated, and by sometime um, September or October, um, you're going to only be able to install solar panels that have this new type rating with a particular racking system, which makes it really complicated. Yeah.
1: More uh, regulations.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you know me, I'm I'm in favor of keeping those really simple and, you know, at least as far as solar goes, it's not that no regulations are good but um, we need really simple and clear regulations and then we can all kind of you know stick to that. Well, what, what kind of, you know, as far as solar goes, what kind of problems are you seeing that are cropping up on systems that have been installed for
1: a while? Are you aware of any? You know, not really. Um, you know, with the metal tile roofs, they just have to be cautious when they walk on them and so they can put a dent in the metal. But again, nowadays, since we screw everything, we just go back out and pop the tile back out and don't have any issues. And of course, the homeowner's, do sometimes clean their t- their um, panels up there, so it's just more foot traffic. But in general, I think uh, the whole is operation is just a win win for the homeowners and their bills, and for the solar contractors out there with plenty of work to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting. You just mentioned the thing about cleaning because um, we're very careful about installing on on those roofs because if you jump up and down in the middle of a tile, you can dent it a little bit. And I was up on one, um, an old one, fairly recently. It was really. Dented, And I guess it it was a homeowner who was just really particular about cleaning his panels all the time. And, you know, so there's a lot of traffic up there.
1: Right, right. And we have ways to mitigate that where we can put foam underneath or double tile it to, you know, help the homeowners if they want to get up there more. And then, of course, it's easy to fix those kinds of things. It's a very minor service call to pop the dents back out. Mm
0: -hmm. And and the dents are are pretty much only cosmetic. Correct. I mean, the water's still going to run down and, you know, not a lot of people have you know, a lot of activities up on the roof. It's not not anything you can see other than from a, a satellite photo, really. That's right.
1: Yeah. Don't well, don't dance on your roof, though. That's all we ask.
0: Well, you know, you never know. There's there's all kinds of people, and you know, there's could be some parties up there. Who knows? <laughs> Do you have any just general recommendations for homeowners who are looking at putting solar on their roofs? What what from a roofing perspective? What sh- what should they be looking for?
1: Well, of course, they want to use Cinnamon Solar would be my best. Uh, um, but- Decision for him, but (laughs) thanks for that. Other than that, (laughs) only uh, if
0: you're in Silicon Valley. If you're elsewhere, I'm sure there's a lot of other great contractors.
1: That's right. You know, there is a lot of solar contractors, and some have experience with our metal roofs. That's what I deal with mostly. And you should ask them that and make sure that uh, they realize there is warranty issues since these roofs are warrantied for 50 years, but foot traffic can be, uh, you know, avoid the warranty if they don't know how to work on it or don't know how to penetrate it. So I'm happy to work with any of the solar contractors out there. But that's, you know, a big issue that they do have experience with or their solar contractor does know about metal roofs and how to deal with them.
0: Yeah, you hit on a really important issue, which is the warranty. And almost all roofs are warranted by the original contractor. Whoever does the roof in CalPAC is going to warrant it for a long time. But then what happens is your warranty excludes anything else that is done to the roof. So as soon as you put solar in, in many cases, you may no longer have that warranty in place if the solar is not done according to the manufacturer's specifications. So, So that's important, and it's something that we're very conscious of is working with the roofer to make sure we do it perfectly. And if we're not working with the roofer, we are just we just take every single care we can to make sure it's flashed and it's never going to leak because, unfortunately, through experience, we know we're going to get that first call if there's a leak in the
1: roof. That's right. With the metal roofs, if it doesn't leak the first time it rains, it's never going to leak since it is metal. Yeah,
0: yeah, that, that's good. And I, I, I'm just kind of thinking back of of all the, the metal roof, CalPAC roof jobs that we've done, and I don't remember any... Leaking um, anywhere near the solar ever. Good. So that was pretty good. Well, we're talking about the the, the long-term issues. How long has CalPAC been in business?
1: Well, we've been here for 35 years. Um, we would credit that to having a great product. You know, obviously, we've had some changes in the company through the years um, and some, you know, a little bit of different ownership. But really, the, the great product uh, has carried us through where we sit in the office on rainy days, no matter how hard it rains, and get no calls, basically. Mm-hmm. for, And that's thousands of roofs out there that we are still under warranty. And um, so the homeowners just don't. Call back or have any issues with the roof so that's one reason we've been doing it for so long
0: yeah and and so what what does it take for a residential contractor to stay in business for so long what are some of your secrets for
1: success <laughs> Of course, you know keeping the homeowner happy. Um, I kind of go by the adage: if you make a mistake with them and and don't do right by them, they're going to tell a lot of people. But if you do a good job, they might tell their friends and a, a few others. But in the day of Yelp nowadays too, you have to be very cautious. And um, of course, we always had to have, have good have co- good customer relations, and the uh, customers are very happy. We just take it one job at a time. Are um, very trying to make the homeowner happy and bend over backwards to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky uh, and it is something that that sometimes you have to bend over backwards to do that because the reality is not all jobs go smoothly you know some you're going to run into a glitch every once in a while and that glitch means that that job's going to cost you a little bit more money to, to address than you originally budgeted so it's it's expensive for the contractor to fix it and and the ones that are in business for a long time are are taking care of that customer and say, hey, I'm not going to make very much money, if any, on that job, but I've got a happy customer as opposed to an unhappy customer. That's
1: right. And really, those are the best referrals—the ones you have a problem where it's beyond our control. I mean, we're not baking a cake; we're going to spill a little bit of flour out there. Is what I tell them. And so, and the ones you uh, you make up for it, you go. Like I said, bend over backwards, put new plants in. If something gets broken, take care of that right away. Those are my best customers because they say, you know, the job didn't go perfect, but they made it all right. Yep, Yeah, that makes a a lot of difference. Well, how how can
0: people get in touch with you at CalPAC Roofing?
1: Well, it's pretty easy. We are at calpac.com on the Internet, of course, and 408-370-3332. And we're available 24 hours a day to leave us a message, or we're in the office every day as well.
0: Okay, good. And and then are these roofs available elsewhere
1: around the country? They are. They are. In fact, across the United States, steel is growing and growing and growing just because of the weather. It's just getting more and more recognized. And in fact, we're coming out with a new shingle product right now that we're getting introduce, to introduce, which has less cost, and we're um, can get come down in the price of composition sometimes.
0: So people all over the country are able to get this kind of a stone stone metal roof. That's Absolutely. Great. Okay, good, good. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks, Tom, for joining us, and thanks to our listeners. If you've missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcast. <music>